0: Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense, dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm Ultimo, Mike Temple. And I am Katsushando. Katsushando?
1: Katsu, Shando. Katsu Shando, just the whole name?
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to episode 83, WCW New Japan Pro Wrestling Super Show 3. That's a long? Bum, name. bum, bum. B- Fantastic b- story <laughs> in Tokyo Dome. Oh. I was like thinking about it. He'll o- pick it up. Or something. Yeah. He'll sure. scoop and score for you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. This was the third and final super show produced by the WCW, Uh but was the second annual Dome show by New Japan. It would take place on January 4th, 1993 at the Tokyo Dome in Tokyo, Japan. It's 93, guys. It's 93. Heck yeah. Brand new year. And there were 63,500 people in attendance. That's a lot of people under one dome. It's a big deal. No.
1: It's like what <laughs> th- is that three thousand? 000- it was like sixty last time. It was sixty, sixty-five,
2: something like that. Oh, okay. so it's right
0: around the same amount. But this show would not air in the U.S. until March of nineteen ninety-three. Dang, just so kind of a delay, a little bit of one. So I mean, like I mean, this is Japan's show. It, it is Japan show, and nothing WCW really happens on this show, True. basically. But we do have the American version of the pay-per-view, is what we're, what we're covering, because most of the matches on this show were, there was a lot of multi-man tags and stuff like that that just weren't as fun as some of the other stuff, so we're just going to cover the American pay-per-view. But we're in Japan. We're we back in Japan. The,
2: uh, the egg, egg dome, if you will. Back in Japan.
0: So what did you bring for us this week? Ooh. This week, I decided to go a little
2: extra. Yeah, we're, we're in a new year. I figured I'd kick it up to the extreme a little bit. As you know, I've been trying to cover foods from the area that the, uh, the shows are taking place in, either food or beverage. This show particularly happened to uh, take place January 4th, beginning of the new year. What do we do with the new year? We celebrate with a little bit of the bubbly. Uh-huh. Uh, in this case, we're in Japan, so we're celebrating with some sparkling sake. Clink. So cheers to the new year in Japan and everywhere. Also, continuing in, in the uh, the new year, with each new year, you wish people good luck, good fortune, good life. And with, <laughs> with the way 2020 has been, I'm going to hope to inspire a little bit of luck into uh, what we have for the rest of the year as well. So uh, everything on here is inspired by foods that bring you good luck. Uh, oh. They say that leafy greens are a sign of money, so eating those are a form of good luck. Same with cabbage, uh, because it is another leafy green. So you're telling me 2021 is the year I go vegan? Not necessarily, oh, okay. because when you move on to this little sandwich over here, the mm-hmm. sando, uh, I guess I haven't really mentioned. Uh, we went to Goro Ramen here in Oklahoma City. So we're going to be slurping noodles on Mike. Not so much. We went for their sandwich variety, Goro Ramen Izakaya, I believe is how it's pronounced, uh, the new name of the place, right here in Oklahoma City in the Paseo District. We went through, went for a, uh, a katsu sando because another thing that is a, uh, a good luck food in Japan is <laughs> it said panko breadcrumbs. It said pork. So we have a pork sandwich that has been breaded and fried. It sits between homemade milk bread. Uh, I guess Goro makes their own bread. There's also some... Uh, what they call bulldog sauce, so another wrestling reference right there, and a little bit of roasted aioli. Uh, And then just because they're great, you got some house-made pickles on the side, so we've got sake, we've got greens, we've got kimchi, we've got a panko-crusted pork sandwich here, all the things that we need for a uh, a new year.
1: I mean, I don't mind starting a new year tomorrow. The exactly. new it could be, it could be new,
2: like 2021 God. could show tomorrow, I'm fine with that. I mean, I just want some good luck at the end It's a new season for year. us. Yes, true. true. I'm here at the beginning, so hey. Woo! Let's Teaser. see. sir. Will it make noise? Oh yeah. I don't know about that one, but these pickles, crunchy.
0: Everything makes a little noise. Mm-hmm. That sandwich is good. But while we're all kind of still chomping down on a little bit of everything, because it's very delicious. Yeah, this, uh, it's
1: like a Asian meatloaf sandwich. Yes and it is pretty damn
0: good yeah let's talk about something that happened right around the beginning of 1993 jennifer aniston would make her film debut in the first rendition of leprechaun i'm a
2: leprechaun (laughs) that's all i can think of from wayne's world
0: uh yeah
1: with the flashlight (laughs) very funny i've Don't know if I've seen the first Leprechaun.
2: I've seen Leprechaun in the hood and Leprechaun back to the hood, both multiple times. You've never seen Leprechaun in space? I have not. They went there. I'm all Um, down for that, but... um, It's been a long time since I've watched this one, but I remember watching it because I was working at Blockbuster once upon a time uh, shortly after Friends debuted, and... Because Jennifer Aniston became such a big star, that became a thing that they
1: people rented Decided on.
2: to well, they just re-released it on oh on VHS, so people were drawn to it because she was you know the entire cover box, and it was a face that they knew. So oh really? That's let's funny. see what this is, and then you watch it. And
1: did they do that with Critters four for Leonardo DiCaprio, or was that Critters Probably. three? Do <laughs> the Critters three or four? But it's one of his like really 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 roles as a kid.
0: I mean that's what—that's how you sell a movie. Res, it, you
1: how you resell a movie? You resell a movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Leprechaun in the Hood has iced tea, and Leprechaun Back to the Hood has sticky fingers in it. Those are <laughs> I mean, I mean, iced tea is
2: the household name. And then you know what happened? He and went to uh, oh. WWE. Oh, went yeah. and bought the Leprechaun series so they could make one starring Hornswoggle. They spent all
1: that money just to put Hornswoggle in that
2: yep. costume. Didn't see that
1: one. Not yet, at least. I don't think anybody did. Oh, yeah. When we do our uh, leprechaun... Uh, our
2: leprechaun review. Yeah, our Hornsboggle <laughs> leprechaun commentary. I mean, I missed out on on No Holds Barred, so... Oh, yeah.
1: I'm still holding up for um, Hell Comes to Frogtown, starring Roddy Piper. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Matt's just throwing
1: his hands up in defeat. <laughs>
0: Any other favorite Jennifer Anna roles? I mean, obviously we all know Rachel yeah
1: i'm not a i'm gonna get beat up but i'm not a big the biggest friends guy i watched it but it just doesn't hold it doesn't like have a sp- real spot in my heart and she hasn't really had much of a film career in any yeah, real she way has. yeah but they're like bad rom-coms
2: no, right she was almost oscar nominated for cake she got nominated for like a screen actors guild and golden globe and then she was edged I'm, out i don't remember who i do cake is
1: all I know is that she got like did She did rom coms and then like some comedy stuff, like the horrible bosses thing, and then that one with Jason Bateman, which I don't know what that was called. Switch. Yeah, I think the one. No, the one where they like go across town in a or go across the country in an RV. Oh,
0: that's not Jason Bateman. That's uh, oh no, Jason Sudeikis. Oh, Sudeikis. Okay. Uh, yeah,
1: I remember it as Jason. Yeah, <laughs> I can see Jason, Jason Bateman's Bateman. face in the whole movie. That was Will,
2: another
0: Will Poulter as the kid.
1: Oh, yeah, because yeah. the best scene in the movie is when the kid sings the rap part from... Uh, yeah. The only good part of that not very good comedy. What are you talking
2: about? You, oh. you don't like old no regrets? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? The tattoo.
1: Oh, I don't <laughs> even remember
2: that. I only remember that one scene. <laughs> when Jennifer Aniston rolls... I mean, most people don't remember it. There was, once upon a time, a short-lived Ferris Bueller's Day Off TV show. Which oh, yeah. Was... Oh, yeah. Where she was Jennifer Grey, and then, well, Jennifer Gray's character,
1: Shauna. How does it stack up against the Weird Science TV show?
0: The Weird Science TV show is much better. Best shows ever. Is it? Based on a movie.
1: I am a huge fan of the movie Weird Science. I watch it at least once a year. It's potentially my favorite John Hughes movie.
2: They they held up... Very nicely with Weird Science. With okay. the Ferris Bueller right. show, it's... I didn't even know there was a Ferris Bueller show. Yeah, most people don't because it didn't last for very long. Okay. But I just thought it was cool that she, she played Jennifer Grey's character and then Jennifer Grey went on to portray her best friend on Friends. Or her former best friend. I
1: like this is more than Jennifer Aniston deserves.
2: Object of my <laughs> <object of, laughs> That's <laughs> another one I liked.
0: We're missing her best movie. Which is Iron
2: Giant, of course. Oh, yeah, she plays the mom. That's right. Okay, that's yeah. well, See,
0: you turned it that, all so. turned
1: it all around for me. And now I'm a fan. And then, of course, Office Space. Yes, oh, yeah. She's not even the most memorable. She's not. Office Space is she's, so good that she's not particularly memorable. Exactly. At it. But uh, that's cool that she was Object in. Object of my movie.
2: affection, you've got young Jennifer Aniston. And young, well, I mean, he's still young looking. But 1996,
0: Paul Rudd. Yeah, I don't know that one. So you mean the same, he looks exactly oh, yeah. the same. Yeah, exactly
2: yeah. the same. It's creepy. Saw that thing the other day going around where Paul Rudd is the same age as uh, Wilford Brimley when he was in Cocoon. And <laughs> Granted, they had to age him to look like an older man, but he still Wilford looked like a man. Wilford Brimley looked
1: like shit since
0: the day he was born. <laughs> okay. Can't win them all. Eat your oats, folks. Well, speaking of hopefully something that doesn't look like shit when it ages, let's talk about some wrestling. Okay. Turner Home Entertainment Presents. And the logo for the show comes on the screen. we
1: got, like, uh, you know, Roman numeral three, and, uh, you know, the rising sun, sun. maybe.
0: Eric Bischoff then welcomes us to the show and runs down the card. And then we go to Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross, who are our announcers for the
1: evening. Unfortunately, we don't get to see them kimono shopping. Um, But, you know, nice to hear their voices. Do we see them at all, actually? No. No. That's why I was curious if they were there or not. No. I don't think they were I mean, they were that one time I don't know if it was they, Tony, but like I think they went the second year Yeah, that sounds right I know there's that clip of them you know. yeah, not. Come this on is, shopping This start. is
2: uh, the new showrunner, Mr. Bischoff mm. The sole focus of the you know, non-ring action Totally on him
1: Am I going to miss Bill Watts?
2: Very much This
1: isn't really that. Like We can't really call this like The beginning of Eric Bischoff Because he's not booking this show True but we do know. No. We do know historically that, like Watts is out, and uh, Captain Captain Kendall is in.
0: So we go to our first match: Jushin Thunder Liger versus Ultimo Dragon. Oh my gosh! For the I.W.G.P. Junior Heavyweight Championship.
1: The first time I knew who Ultimo Dragon was was from. I believe WCW versus uh, NWO Revenge. Is that the first 64 game? Because it had so many characters in it. And Ultimate Dragon was a favorite to play as.
0: It might have been. I, I, I know it was on 64. Because, I mean, I, I watched a little bit
1: of, uh, I watched like, you know, Raw and WCW at the time as a kid, but that's when it was like pure trash TV era. And my cousin that had the game, because I didn't have a 64, played it all the time. He loved that game and he wasn't even into wrestling. My other cousin was into wrestling. We watched it together. But he just loved the video game because it was so damn good. The video and video dragon was great. a great from what I understand, people are still like editing it and whatnot to this day. Wouldn't and you to. can probably uh, you know, emulate it.
0: That one and SmackDown vs. Raw two thousand six are probably the two most Which
1: one or was it also WrestleMania two thousand which is the same engine for sixty four?
0: Right, that, that one might
1: be played. For, yeah, but it's basically the same game.
2: Yeah. Oh, WWF Superstars, the old arcade game. <laughs> that one was fucking great.
1: The 2006 game for PlayStation, what, 2 is yeah. good? <clears throat> I've always it's wanted still, to play well a good. One the
0: last ones I had a GM mode, which is uh, a, a lot of okay. people still play it a, quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I always wanted to play a more recent good uh, wrestling game. I've dabbled with Fire Pro, but it's not game enough for me and a little too simulation. Like,. It's awesome. It's incredible, but I just kind of want something that's more traditional when it comes to video games.
0: Yeah. But before we go any further, mm-hmm. Ultimo Dragon is a Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Famer.
1: Just with Justin Thunderluger.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> as as we, you know, with his the guy's about to go fight. They both are, you know observer hall of hammers
0: they they are both definitely sorry i apologize Liger comes out in blue
1: i know we don't ever i don't think that he's done the blue a lot
0: i don't think so it looks fucking awesome usually red is his traditional yes i've seen him in purple Mm
1: -hmm. we have that like really uh, is it the earlier one where he has the crazy like mask that's not the same with the yeah yeah, with like the uh kind of looks like horizontal prison bars over his face yeah and then of course we have uh the the evil liger Kinshin liger that only happens a handful of times as well but the blue liger is just regular liger and blue and uh what color if, is evil liger oh he's got face paint on it it's horrific oh. <laughs> yeah he takes the mask off and he has <laughs> face paint, paint on it it looks really scary oh yeah and he's like super uh i've yeah, never so seen that changes liger the whole changes the whole thing He brought it back for one match last year before he retired.
0: It was really freaking cool. (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. But these two men are evenly matched up early on as they trade wrist locks, arm drags, before they both go in for drop kicks to no advantage either. They then start trading submissions going from a leg lock to a cross arm breaker to a face lock and knee locks until Liger hits a drop kick on Dragon's knee, plies another submission, only for Ultimo to reverse and work some more on Jushin's leg. A bow and arrow by the dragon adds a face lock to it before switching it to a muda lock, and then a Mexican surfboard, followed by a snapmare and a head scissors. Surfboard. <laughs> it's a T, it's a surfboard. <laughs> Liger escapes and applies the Romero special before delivering a spinning backbreaker for a two-count. Jushin hits a cannonball kick to Ultimo, tosses Dragon to the ropes, only to be taken down by a scissors. He then goes to retaliate with a crossbody, but Ultimo cartwheels away to avoid. Oh, beautiful spot. Dragon hits a front suplex, applies a modified Romero special slash dragon sleeper, only for Liger to escape momentarily, so Ultimo locks on a camel clutch. After Dragon releases the hold, he stays on the attack with several elbow drops, a body slam, and then heads up to the top, only for Jushin to meet him there, but Ultimo shoves him off before delivering kind of a not-great-looking dropkick. Yeah, you know,
1: can't win them all.
0: Dragon then hits a cartwheel back elbow to send Liger out to the floor, followed by a baseball slide and a plancha off the top rope that is over the guardrail into the and tables onto some table yeah it's
2: looking
1: nasty it's like he's not on the tables they just kind of slam into them it's yeah. not through a table it's just messy
0: this was the moment when i texted both of you and was like have we had a holy <laughs> shit moment <laughs> yeah that one's on rough of the shows that we've seen yeah because i was just like this would Caused the crowd to chant. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I already was struggling to take notes as it is, and that's when I officially just kind of pushed everything off to the side because. Oh, that scooted
1: I'm your chair up a little anything. bit? Yeah. Yeah.
0: They're both slow to get back into the ring, but once Jushin makes his way to the apron, Ultimo brings him back into the ring with a vertical suplex for a two count. Dragon then goes for a tombstone pile driver, only for Liger to reverse it, but then Ultimo reverses it right back. Or at least tries mm-hmm. to finally hit the move. Dragon's back to the top turnbuckle and goes to jump off, but he slips and is only able to hit a headbutt, followed by a followaway slam for a near fall. The two men then go through a sequence of roll-ups for two counts before Ultimo hits an Aztec suplex, which is a bridging German, for the pin, but Jushin gets his foot on the rope. Liger starts firing up with another cannonball kick to send Dragon out to the floor. Falling out to hit a power bomb, mm. Goes up to the top, flying out with a rolling senton atomico. Which Tony and Jr. call a moonsault.
1: Yeah, I was like, well, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't have called it what you called it. It was like, yeah, it was a senton, at least. It was least. a summersault senton. But basically. it wasn't all those other things. I mean, I wouldn't have called it all those other things. You just
0: call it moonsault's close enough. It's not a moonsault, it's, co- it's not, no. Once back in the ring. It's, a,
1: it's a summer senton for January 4th.
0: Once back in the ring, Jushin hits a German suplex, but makes a cocky pin for only a two count.
1: Oh, uh, he does the the big old balls on Justin Thunderluger, The foot
0: on the chest. But he then nails a show tie and applies a single leg crab, only for Ultimo to make it to the ropes. Another powerbomb by Liger. And, and plants G- it. Goes up top, but Dragon catches him with a clothesline on his way down, forcing Jushin to roll out to regroup. Ultimo leaps off the apron with a corkscrew springboard Asai moonsault, sending them <laughs> both crashing into the guardrail. But they both make it back into the ring just in time. Dragon then leaps up onto Legger's shoulders for a roll up, which Joshin just shoves him off face first into the mat, picking him up for another powerbomb. But Ultimo reverses it into a Frankensteiner oh for a near fall.
1: Gosh, what a, what a thing to do. Okay.
0: Dragon comes off the ropes with a Cobrata, which is a springboard moonsault, before delivering a sit-out powerbomb for a two-count. Goes for a magistral pin for a near-fall as well.
1: Sit-out powerbomb? Should do it. It should. Should do it.
0: Ultimo, with a scoop slam, goes up top, only for Liger to join him up there to hit an avalanche DDT. Makes the cover for the pin, and... No! Dragon kicks out. Jushin with a bomb sets Ultimo on the top rope and delivers an avalanche Frankensteiner for the pin and, and the win. win. And new Post-match. Liar gets the belt and a trophy. Yeah. Because that's what they do in Japan. And then the two men shake hands. And celebrate their battle. Oh, they
1: put over the handshake.
2: Fucking incredible
1: the uh yeah. Juicen's like just confidence when he puts them up on the top rope before that Frankensteiner fucking pin. And uh, granted there was a couple of botches, but they weren't the kind of botches that take you out of the match. No. They were the kind that make you feel like that Makes this is seem- actual
0: contest make you see, maybe this is why Ultimo lost the match.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like, sometimes there's botches where it's just like, oh, but like when, sometimes they can, I feel like sometimes they add to it when it doesn't feel like a botch, like when it doesn't feel like a botch, or they don't, you know, aren't, don't have the skill or the other person on the other side of them to keep it moving. So it didn't take me out of it, I just kind of like hurt a little bit for Ol' Multi.
0: Well, here's the thing. Even with the few botches, oh yeah, sure, there's fucking rules. I'm just gonna yeah. let y'all know right now. This match is on my short list. <laughs> like, if it wasn't on your was so, yeah, the, so. the
1: first match of '93 is on the short list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's on the shortest list it could be on it's right a high now. high bar. Right now, it's right number one. Yeah, that's right what now I was it's number one. As I was
2: watching it, is, this has to be yeah on the list because it just. They don't get much better. I mean, even with the couple boxes, they weren't that noticeable. that's
0: what you're saying. Number one at the moment. Number one at the moment. So we head off to our second match. Tony Hallmay versus Ron Simmons.
1: Uh, Tony Hallmay. The most, probably the greatest wrestling Wikipedia I've come across as far as people that I'm not
2: really familiar with. Well, see, I saw old Tony and I I recognized him. And, like, I know you from somewhere. And then I had to look just to see if it was who I thought it was, and it was.
0: Little uh, Big Borga. Yep. So Tony and JR tell us about how Ron has lost the WCW World Heavyweight Championship (laughs) to Big Van Vader just a few days prior. So literally this show was... What you said like two weeks after. Oh, yeah, the it's last... literally a week after. Yeah, because the after Starcade.
2: Starcade was December twenty eighth, and this one is January fourth. So
0: it's literally seven days later, but two days after Starcade, Vader and Ron Simmons matched up in Baltimore, Maryland. I kind of talked about it at the very end of yeah. the Starcade show, but they put the belt you know, back on Vader Vad, at that point.
1: Bad became the dad
0: of WCW. So Ron Simmons and Tony. It's an early back-and-forth match with no one gaining an advantage until Simmons hits a drop toehold and then delivers multiple lariats, a back elbow, and a face plant. Hallmay reverses an Irish whip but telegraphs a back body drop. So Ron hits a pile driver for a two count.
1: It's a, you know, big boy, big boy move. Not often do you see a telegraphed backdrop turn into a pile driver. <laughs> Normally they kick him in the chest or something. <laughs> Maybe a swinging neck breaker.
0: Tony with an elbow to the gut to gain control, hitting a crossbody into the corner, a lariat and an elbow drop for a two count. Hallme continues with a sidewalk slam, some headbutts, and a spine buster for a near fall. Tony then goes for some double axe handles, but Simmons is keeping it at a distance with some kicks. So Homme ends up kicking Ron out to the floor. When Simmons gets back on the apron, he hits a shoulder block and attempts to suplex Tony out to the floor, but he's reversed and brought into the ring with a suplex from Hame. Tony, with big right hands, hits a power slam for a near fall, but then Ron hits a power slam of his own for a two count, and then he also tries multiple inside cradles for near falls as well. Hallmay attempts a big haymaker, which Simmons ducks and hits the spinebuster for the pin and and the win. win. Two big men matching up.
1: Yeah, I mean Tony Hallmay is fucking huge. Yeah, like Ron Simmons is a big fucking guy, but Tony Hallmay is like Brock Lesnar. (laughs) He's fucking big. This uh, but it is like very much a whip fest. By that I mean it's just Irish whip power move irish whip power move yeah and that's the whole match and for that it's not bad it's not and at least ron simmons has a big old boy a big
2: old boy he can beat as opposed to uh you know compared to the people that he fought during his championship reign i i saw it as far as quality anyways a step up oh yeah um or just so, some, Tony Hallman
1: is better than kind of a the barbarian, kind of a yeah, who would have thought? I mean, know, if WWE this if this Steve. was a hyped uh, like like title defense for Ron, I think it would have been pretty fucking good.
2: Yeah, because you can't look at
1: Tony Hallman and be like, I mean, it's weird that we would undercut Barbarian, but it's just like we're kind of familiar with him. But so there's there's that. I mean, just hindsight, Hall- baby.
2: Hallman in this match here compared to what I remember him as during his time as Ludwig Borga, I mean, it was a total, totally different person in that ring there. And maybe I'm just remembering Borga differently, but I don't remember. But you're also like watching a guy work in
1: Japan where he kind of probably has to...
2: Yeah. He he hasn't been snuffed under the thumb of old Benny Mac. So he, he still has some desire in his fight.
1: Yeah. We'd probably give
0: this match too much time moving on. (laughs) To our third match, (laughs) the natural Dustin Rhodes and Scott Flash Norton versus Shinya Hashimoto and Masa Saito. Shinya Hashimoto, the thickest kick daddy. Shinya starts us off with several stiff kicks to Norton, but he just no-sells them all, followed by Hashimoto going for a spinning heel kick, which Scott ducks and hits a lariat a three-point stance shoulder tackle from Flash, and goes for a lariat, only for Shinya to duck. So Norton just knocks him down. Like,
1: also, I supposedly, uh, Inoki, Saito, is ta- is in for Inoki, at least according to commentary.
0: Oh, did they say that? Right? They said that, yeah, Inoki was hurt, that. I guess. Hushima- Whether it's true or
1: not, because, you know, they're probably recording this in Atlanta, Georgia, after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> but...
0: Hashimoto with a back body drop and another spinning heel kick for a two count. And the two men start chopping away at each other with Scott getting the best of it. Rhodes comes in to continue the attack. Shinya chops him in the throat to stop the momentum. Saito is hit with several elbows by Dustin. A vertical suplex goes for a crossbody. But Masa ducks sending them natural over the ropes and out to the ramp. Which is very similar to their match because Masa and, and... Rhodes were in a match at Super Show Two, yeah, with Dusty as uh-huh. well. They did the same spot, but Dustin
1: Dusty came Dusty out. came out, I out and did like,
0: all the all the bows. Dusty came over and like protected his son for a moment. Mm-hmm. And this time, Norton actually walks over and is like, well, "Let's let's stop right there." Yeah,
1: Norton's been basically living in Japan. Yeah, and uh, Dusty or Dustin is over here. But I yeah, it was so great to see Dusty in front of that. Big Japanese crowd, and him soaking it up the glory hog that he is.
0: So once back in the ring, a chop fest breaks out between Rhodes and Saito, with Dustin getting the advantage. Flash goes for an Irish whip, which is reversed, allowing Masa to hit multiple lariats, but Norton won't go down. Saito tries for one more, but Scott catches him with multiple lariats of his own, hitting headbutts and chops until Masa ducks a punch and hits a Saito suplex so the natural runs in to receive one as well. Shinya comes in with a kick to the gut, a vertical suplex, jumping elbow drop for a two count, but Rhodes fires up with a series of elbows, the dusty roll and the double-fisted punch Mm. for a near fall of his own. A double-fifth day.
2: I always wanted to... I just could never get my hands to move fast enough. Oh, you got it. Just gotta (laughs) close the fist first.
0: Norton sets Hashimoto up on the top turnbuckle, Hitting a superplex, steps over him with a foot on the throat, followed by an elbow drop, a neck breaker, lariat, and a headbutt. All right, Norton. You can kind
1: of back off a little bit, man. You're going to pin the man or murder him?
0: Dustin continues. (laughs) The answer is yes. Dustin continues with a big boot for a two count. More elbow drops, and then throws Shinya out of the ring to the floor where the natural falls out to Irish whip Hashimoto into a Norton lariat.
1: It's crazy how big Dustin is. Just like, he's a big lumbering guy, but his, like, dexterity to where, like, Norton's not much taller than him, but he's bigger. But, like, Dustin is the, is like, the the bump flashy guy. And, goddamn,
0: I love Dustin Rhodes, is what I'm saying. Rhodes drags Shinya back into the ring to hit a DDT. Scott, with a power slam, makes the cover, but Masa breaks it up. Flash then hits a power bomb, but again Saito breaks up the attempt. Irish whips Hashimoto into a corner and charges in, only for Shinya to move and hit a DDT. Crawl to his corner for the hot tag. Masa with a series of chops, multiple Saito suplexes, and makes the cover, but Dustin breaks it up. Norton then misses a lariat, but does hit a power slam, only for Hashimoto to break up the pin.
1: We gotta, get your friend, gotta get your friends back.
0: Then Natural hits a flying clothesline, but is right back to hit another Saito suplex to be able to make a tag. But Rhodes hits a dropkick on Shinya just as he comes in.
1: I love that like the suplex that he's famous for is something that Still, obviously, used to this day, but it's just like, oh, people can just like come back and qu- slap it on real quick and like move on. And that's how he uses it. It's not like the big finisher, mm-hmm. it's just like another, it's just a, a notch in the tool belt. Or, yeah, you know, it's great.
0: Dustin with the Irish whip and a charge, but Hashimoto moves, hitting several forearms and kicks, another spinning heel kick before near fall, followed by a lariat and a cover only for Scott to break this one up. Masa jumps in the ring to brawl with Flash, sending him out to the floor, allowing Shinya to hit a jumping DDT for the pin, and no! no flash makes it back in time to break it up. But Hashimoto then hits an Inseguri for the pin and no win.
1: win. The Flash
0: pin, if you will? If you will. <laughs> I literally will say the last like three seconds of this match is probably the only part of this match i don't like
1: yeah it's a little too quick of a finish just finish on the
0: jumping ddt with flash out of the ring yeah having him jump back in to break it up and then then as he's being put back into the corner hits the enziguri the ref has time to turn around and make the count why norton doesn't have time to get back in the ring to break it up
1: again not the best look but you know, if that's the only complaint. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Fine. Also, I know we've seen him a handful of times, but Masa Saito's motherfucking head is fucking huge. <laughs> that's all I got. He's got a huge ass head. And uh, I feel like I've noticed it before, but when he, the entrance in this match, I'm like, damn. Damn, that's a big head. All oh. head. Pumpkin head.
2: Now, one of the things I found out during this match.
1: Was so that you still
2: like Japanese wrestling?
1: I mean, I do like Japanese <laughs>
2: wrestling. I did a deep dive on Scott Norton and realized that he was gave him some extra cool points too. He was in the movie Over the Top. Oh, oh is he? Yeah, is he one of the? He's one of the arm wrestlers. Nice, because he was a pro arm wrestler that caught Sylvester Stallone's attention and got cast in the movie because of it. That's a like a TNT USA
1: whatever like classic. I've seen that movie a bunch as a kid haven't watched it as an adult, but...
2: I, yeah, I mean, I watched that movie all the time as a kid, because yeah. growing up, I get told constantly that... It. that really? Is it better
1: like, or worse than Sidekicks? Better. Okay. I've I seen Sidekicks better. a lot, but Sidekicks <laughs> is a pretty dumb movie. Sidekicks is stupid. But, I mean, I watched it a lot as a kid.
2: Over the Top is...
1: When you're a kid, you just watch things, and you're like, I enjoy that, you don't look the, at the it, be like, that's line. stupid. The
2: acting on it is, is cheesy at parts, and yeah, I mean, you gotta tune in anyways just to see old... Yeah. old funk on screen
1: my dad was telling me he had a friend like in the probably late 70s and throughout the 80s or whatever or at least sometime there there was a huge like huge in the arm wrestling scene throughout california and i was always i'm just like curious i'm like i wonder who he came across if he was like in that for like a decade plus where he was like this big arm wrestler guy and it wasn't he wasn't like the hugest guy i guess but my oldest sister vicky back in the day
2: she was oh really arm wrestling queen like she'd (laughs) take on some big dudes she's in my she was the maid of honor in my sister kelly's wedding and two days before the wedding or a couple days anyways she had an arm wrestling contest and actually (laughs) broke her arm so she's in a full in a cast in a sling what happened what a badass bitch! (laughs) (laughs) I broke my arm in an arm wrestling contest (laughs)
0: man so Eric Bischoff then previews the rest of the card and we head off to our fourth match Masahiro Chono <gasps> versus the Great Muda KG Muda for the NWA Worlds Heavyweight Championship and the IWGP Heavyweight Championship
1: doubling it up we're unifying the titles or maybe not I don't know maybe prediction Is
0: Muda Muda's the IWGP champion Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Show notes, uh, the NWH mm-hmm. predictions? Somebody's
2: getting both of them. This match is going to be fucking great. I mean,
1: of course, them in, in Atlanta, Georgia, in front of like...
2: 63,500 people?
1: Yeah, like they're going to turn... In
0: Atlanta, Georgia, they're it, only in front of
2: like
1: 6,000. 6,000, like max. Like this, there's no way that this is going to be less good than that match. That's, that's what I was thinking when it happened
2: and uh masa is out first just saying i mean it's champion versus champion though yeah i know
1: but i'm just saying he's out first
0: they're gonna put the iwgp champion out second yeah because he's the japan he's champion. their champion yeah so it's not a it's not it's, it's really not a foreshadow.
1: but muda gets like the real crazy entrance with like he like jumps breaks out of like rice paper It's just, yeah, it's just like they really go all out. I mean, he's the flashier guy for sure.
0: Absolutely. Match gets going. It's back and forth the start until Muda hits a back flip kick and then goes right back to numerous headlocks and arm locks between the two. The white face paint.
2: Looks awesome. It's awesome. And every time they showed a close-up on him, he just had this, like sad clown that's getting ready to just <laughs> completely annihilate her. You <laughs> look. Also, at first they
1: weren't sure if he was going to have the paint on or not. Like it was kind of like JR was telling whether or not he was going to be yeah, KG Mudo or he's going to be the Muda, blah blah blah. So like that was pretty interesting.
0: Muda with a snapmare, the flash elbow drop and goes for a cross armbreaker, only for Chono to reverse it into a leg lock. They get to their feet and go for a test of strength which Masahiro uses to take down Muda and go back to the leg lock, which Muda makes it to the ropes to break the hold. Muda tosses Chono out of the ring, following him out to throw him into a guardrail, and slides back into the ring before heading up to the top turnbuckle to hit a diving chop and again throws him out to the ramp. Muda goes out to the ramp as well to hit a running face crusher and then walks like this ramp, Oh, the yeah. entrance to the ring mm-hmm. is like from center field to second base. Yeah, they're in the know, Tokyo Dome. Field. It's a long, long... He literally walks all the way down this uh-huh. ramp. And then just takes off running back towards Chono to hit him with a huge lariat. Yeah,
1: it's lariat... Lariato. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As Masahiro goes to get back in the ring, he hits a big forearm from the apron. Climbs up to the top, only for Moo to join him and hit a superplex, mm-hmm. followed by a back suplex and a German suplex for two counts.
1: Oh, that bridging German.
0: Come on. So
1: good. I love a bridging German. The only
0: I, thing, like... It I was, might be my favorite suplex.
1: I think, like, when I, like to, the best way is to bring somebody into the from the apron in is your suplex, but the only thing better is a deadlift German from the apron. Into the ring I think that might be The the ultimate But they happen so rarely And if, most of the time Whenever they're teased They don't actually go through Because like A deadlift German While standing on like The first rope Yeah Is just Instant. Wild <laughs> Yeah wild thing to do
0: Muda continues With the handspring Back elbow And goes up top For a moonsault Only for Chono to move And lock on the <sighs> STF Eat the mat But Muda is able To crawl to the ropes To break the hold
1: Mmm Masahiro. Great Moodle, lets out a yell,
0: lets him know it's business. He's frustrated. Masahiro with a Yakuza kick, only for Muda to fire back with a drop kick. Go for a suplex, which Chono floats over, and applying an ab stretch into a pin for a two count. Masahiro goes up top, flying off with a shoulder block, hits a power bomb for a near fall, and then in a really bad edit point. Which I didn't realize this match was edited until this point. <laughs> yeah. We move ahead to Muda jumping up to the top to go for a moonsault. But Chono gets his knees up.
1: Ah, uh, and it looks like you right into his head. Like it's, it's a it's a rough landing for yeah. Muda here.
0: Masahiro then goes for a second flying shoulder block, but Muda avoids it, hits a backbreaker, and goes for the moonsault again for the pin and no! Chono kicks out. Muda immediately jumps up. Oh my gosh. And hits another moonsault. For the pin. And, and the win. And,
1: and noon! I was so excited, like, when Chono gets the knees up and Muda basically takes the knee to the head, I just immediately expected him to just go to the STF. And he didn't. And if he did, he wore a fucking what. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. I know. And that's why it's great. And then Muda wins because of the fighting spirit. Because he just got up and did it again. Gambled on it. If he would have missed it, it would have been over for him.
0: So after that, like really bad edit point, I like was like, okay, what else have we missed in this match? So about I actually, five minutes, probably. So I went out there. Yeah, it, there's a couple of other edited out parts, which obviously they did a pretty good job of. Doing the edit because I didn't realize it until the end of the match. Yeah, but at one point they kind of redid the their G one match where, like, literally Chono would hit the Yakuza kick mm-hmm. and then oh my god, and then Lino would come back with they, the drop they kick. They took that out. Yeah,
1: they they edited that that's out. That's like what well, that's the thing about Japanese wrestling and why singles matches don't happen over and over again because those because of the callbacks like that. Yeah, exactly. Jesus, and we've seen all these. It's not like this is the first match we've been covering the trilogy, man.
0: I'm and upset. Then, I'm and then sorry. I guess early on in the match, they actually went out to the outside and they did brawled some a did bit. brawled wow. and threw each other into the guardrails and all that stuff on the outside I mean, as well. That's pretty uh, typical. So I was just like, I like saw that. And I'm just like, I want the it's unedited like, version. It's like, yeah, it's
1: like this could have been better. What are you telling me? Exactly. Yeah. Like it could have went from like you know, like incredible two, <laughs> two half half-quarter
0: half stars. Two
1: half quarters. Like two was, two half quarter whatever stars. that yeah. ever is. Yeah, but it could have been. It could have been like. Granted, this was incredible, but it could have been, could have been perfect. If that spot, the the trade spot, the yeah. like you know his like yakuza pump kicks, I would have lost. It.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: As if I already didn't
0: watching this. Glorious. Mm-hmm. Eric Bischoff then tells us that JR and Tony were headed to the sushi bar, so he will call the next match. And I actually wrote, did they, and this is before I realized that Bischoff was the boss at this point. (laughs) So I was like, did they do this as a joke to force Bischoff to say all these Japanese names?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a six man tag. Yeah. Also, a six man tag on match five after what we've seen. What is this doing here? Well, there's a reason. Oh, yeah. We'll get to it. I know. I know you had the answers. So the fifth match.
0: <sighs> <laughs>
1: do you want me to go do it?
0: Nobu Kazu, hurrah! Hooray! Hurai. hurai, hurai, hurai. Mm-hmm. I'm the Eric Bischoff of this group, yes. obviously. Yeah. Masio Orihara and Koki Kitahara.
1: Oh, killing it.
0: Versus El
1: Samurai. Oh, you fucked that one up.
0: Takayuki Izuka and Akira Nogami. Oh yeah, you did great. Thanks. So, this is the Fantastic Story in Tokyo Dome, which was the Japanese name for this show, was basically built around war versus New Japan Pro Wrestling. War being a promotion war that I don't know much about. War being another Japanese promotion, okay. mm-hmm. then known as Wrestle and Romance, but is now better known as Wrestle Association R., but it's still actually around. I th- okay. I don't know anything he... about this promotion. But it was formed by Jinichiro Tenru. Oh. It's Tenru's uh promotion. I that he, ten he does. So this is one of the matches that was on the show. There's some other matches we're not gonna cover. But like Tenru faced off versus Ricky Choshu, I believe. Oh well, that sounds nice. Would have probably been a fun match. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't on the American version, so Yeah, oh, yeah. It's out there, guys. But originally on the American version, they were going to show the Steiner Brothers oh. take on the Hellraisers, which was Hawk mm-hmm. from the Road Warriors and Kenzuke Suzuki.
1: Oh, well, that sounds like a pretty nice team.
0: But by the time the pay per view aired, which was March, yeah, obviously the Steiners were already in the WWF. Yeah, I mean they so, had already been gone
1: and they already. were basically they were gone before this even. But that was like. The original booking from like probably a month out,
0: exactly, or a couple months out maybe. So that's actually the reason why Eric Bischoff calls this match is because they the made for... <laughs> the, they made the change late in the edit process. Yeah, and they didn't want to bring Tony and JR in just to call this match because Eric's right there. Just, yeah, I'll do
1: it. He, he lives in Atlanta.
0: Exactly. So this match gets going with Orihara and Samurai starting it off, trading wrist locks and going into a test of strength until Samurai hits a dropkick to send Orihara out of the ring. Samurai looks to do a dive, but Orihara backs up, forcing the masked man to rethink. Once Orihara makes it back to the apron, he jumps in with a head scissors takedown, followed by multiple dropkicks that send Samurai out to the floor. So Orihara falls out with an Asai moonsault, only to land on his feet as samurai moved.
1: Which, I know this is going to make me sound like a fucking asshole, but who's the the bald guy?
0: Let's see. What I'm
2: color tall. is he wearing? Maybe white. See, that's Orihara.
1: That's okay. the tall guy with the white hair, right? Well, you said bald. Bald yeah. guy, but he's
2: tall. But he can't be bald and have white hair.
1: No, I meant white <laughs> pants. I think
2: his pants are white or maybe yellow. Yeah, the white
1: pants were Orihara. Yeah, but I th- he's the bald guy. Um, this is the hard thing because like wait, i'm not familiar The guy it, was it. wearing
2: yellow so I believe okay he's tall if it's who I'm thinking of towards the end of the match
1: yeah yeah anyway he was wearing yellow I really liked him a lot I don't he know what to say me. but like yeah like I just like Ball. that was like I was watching this match and everybody's good and I was like I kind of latched on to that guy I don't know if you guys had a guy in this match you kind of latched on to I didn't know any of them so me neither really. that's why
0: like i'm um, I mean, we've seen Izuka and Nogami. Yeah, yeah. Before. But, have we? Have I? Uh, I don't remember. You may have seen Izuka. Izuka was in the match with the Steiners okay. where he got hurt. Yes. Yeah. Um, in one of the shows there. Nogami, he was on the last super show in a six man. And then he was in the first Super Show versus Jushin Thunder so he's basically been on all three Super Shows. Okay, so, I so that was. So you haven't one. you haven't seen Akira before, unless you just watched it on your own. Yeah, yeah. that one I did not.
2: But you that. can, yeah, you
0: know which one else Samurai is. Well, I take it back. I watched the second one on my own. I did not watch the yeah. first. Azuka tags in and body slams Orihara in front of his corner, and then challenges Kitahara to tag in. The two lock up with no one gaining an advantage until Azuka attempts a key lock but Kitahara makes it to his corner to tag in Orihara. Izuka takes Orihara to his corner with chops, and Nogami comes in to start working on his leg, hitting a scoop slam and a top rope knee drop on the injured leg. The New Japan contingent continue to work the leg with a knee lock and multiple single leg crabs until Kitahara runs in to break up the hold. All six men start brawling in the ring, and things get settled back down only for Samurai to hit a body slam, a leg drop, and then goes for a drop kick, but Orihara avoids and makes the tag. Harai then hits multiple drop kicks on Samurai and a vertical suplex for a two count. Azuka comes back in with a drop kick on Harai and a sidewalk slam for a near fall, hits a snapmare and applies the scorpion Deathlock, but Orihara comes in to break it up with several kicks. Azuka with a vertical suplex on Harai Nogami comes in with a missile drop kick, a scoop slam, and a leg drop for a two count. Nogami then telegraphs a back body drop after an Irish whip, allowing Harai to kick him and make the tag, bringing in Orihara to hit a drop kick, knocking him to his corner. Samurai comes in with a pile driver on Orihara and sets him on the top rope, climbing up to hit a superplex, followed by a tombstone pile driver. He then goes up to the top rope to hit a diving headbutt <laughs> for a near fall. I'm like, superplex, tombstone pile driver and a diving headbutt. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Just like also ugh, leave leave something later for the, in the show for people to do. <laughs> and it's a six man tag, guys.
0: Samurai hits another pile driver only for Kitahara to break up the cover. So Samurai starts going after him, which allows Harai to tag into, and hit a drop kick. Goes for a second one, but Samurai avoids it and hits a body slam before making a tag. Nagami then comes in with a musabi press, which is a diving splash, for the pin, and no, Orihara breaks it up. Nagami, with a drop kick to Kitahara, tries for a second, but Kitahara avoids and begins to, to deliver multiple stiff kicks and a German suplex for a two count. Kitihara tries for a suplex, but Nogami floats over, hitting an Insiguri and tags in Azuka, who proceeds to have a dropkick party on everyone,
1: <laughs> only
0: for Kitahara to make it back to his feet to knock Azuka down with a kick, a body slam. Then both Harai and Orihara come in with assisted top rope sentons. That's heavy shit. Mm. Orihara is then hit with a powerbomb by Azuka, who makes the cover only to be broken up by Harai. Azuka then goes to pick up Orihara, but he is out. Okay, so that's the one that got knocked out. He legitimately got knocked out by yep. the bomb. <laughs> yeah, that,
2: no that good. scared the hell out of me when they went to move him and he was just like, completely limp. limp. Like, yeah, looks oh, guy... like a
1: lot of these war guys went on to do a little yeah. bit more uh, intense wrestling. Never, never Matter having fact...
2: seen the majority of these guys fighting, I didn't know if that was something his character <laughs> did. did. And yeah. then when I see them, you know, hitting him or stomping him while he was down and he's
0: not budging whatsoever, it's like, oh no, this dude's out. Yeah. So Kitahara comes in to throw Azuka out of the ring. Everyone starts brawling when Nagami tosses Kitahara out, while Azuka has made his way back into the ring for the pin. And, and the win. win. I hope Orihara I hope. was okay.
1: <laughs> this six man is fucking great. It's pretty brutal and it's really like I was like, okay, a six man tag. Alright. But this isn't just like your undercard six man tag. Like this is fucking wild shit. Yeah. There's a lot of shit and it's all wild shit. Yeah. And it's like I mean really I can... good. Everybody's interesting. There's not really any like Crazy botches. The war games begin. Yeah, like, this is this is really, really good. But it was hard. <laughs> I couldn't... I wasn't... How am I going to take notes? I, don't, I had a hard time remembering which guy I liked.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, then I had to back up, too, because... Like, did that dude seriously just get knocked out? What the hell happened? <laughs> I swore he was just moving, like, two seconds ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, powerbomb.
0: So we're headed off to our sixth match. Sting versus Hirashi Hase. Handshakes begin things. Sting hits a shoulder block, picks Hase up over his head, pressing him multiple times before dumping him with a military press slam. Big ol' handful of junk the entire time.
2: <laughs> like cameras right there. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no way around it yet. You just gotta grab Sting, all of it.
0: Yeah,
1: Sting really gets the the big ol' entrance and Hase comes out in his letterman jacket because he's the master professor.
0: Multiple drop kicks from the Stinger sends Hiroshi out to the floor to Japanese recruit. Japanese club. Oh yeah, that's, what, that's, what, that's what, that was my
1: thought. I was like, oh, like, Rick, why don't you just stay in Japan and hang out with Hase? St- Scott will be fine on his own, I promise.
0: Back in, they collide into each other with neither going down. They then both go for drop kicks and both are down. Hase, with a body slam, applies a single leg crab, and he changes it into a moodle lock. And then a scorpion death lock, only for Sting to punch his way out of it. Hiroshi keeps working on the stinger's legs with kicks, more crab holds, and a knee breaker. The Sting fights back with a vertical suplex, only for Hase to come right back with a Russian leg sweep, a rubber band slam, a throat thrust, and a neck breaker for a two count. Hiroshi continues with a stalling pile driver and goes up to the top to hit a knee drop for a near fall before applying a sleeper, but the ref forces him to break it as his arm had slipped under the chin as it was more of a choke. Hase drags the stinger out to the floor, elbowing him across the neck multiple times, rolling him back in before hitting several uranagis for a two count. Bridging German suplex for a near fall by Hiroshi and goes for the dragon sleeper, but Sting blocks it, takes them both out of the ring with his momentum.
1: Aren't you so proud of how Sting has evolved in our... Like it's like oh, just how he, well he's taken to wrestling. I'm just saying like the longer we get go on, it's like oh Sting's not just this guy. It's like he's the he's guy. he might not be the guy to lead the match, but he's there he's there yeah. all the time. Like he's got the the like fortitude and he's just in the match. He's he's a wrestler. He's not the ultimate
2: warrior. And I gotta say. Having only seen Hase in oh. two matches, maybe, something stood out about him in this one, and I could only describe it as, like, a Guerrero effect. Mm. He was very much... and it, I know a lot of it had to do with the look that he had, but something about him, all I kept seeing while I was watching it, was Eddie Guerrero, which was yeah. I thought was great. I didn't know if there had ever been any comparisons between the two or if they had even wrestled each other at I one mean, point back at that time, but... There was just a lot of similarities that I was seeing as I was watching.
0: Probably him. not at this point because Hase's moved up to heavyweight. Yeah. So, if, I mean, they might have done some like multi man tag matches yeah. when Eddie was there.
1: But, um, the, like, one thing that I found really weird about this match is JR brings up Chris Benoit, who we have yet to see wrestle. So it's like, why, like, what is he bringing up Chris Benoit for? How does he know who that is? How do we know who that is? Who is he? No, I mean, like, in, this, in, the, in kayfabe. Oh, yeah, I mean, we I all know who the fuck him. Chris Benoit is. But just, like, in kayfabe at this point in time.
2: I mean, he was known back then.
1: We haven't seen him he, once. I think
2: he may be in Super Bowl 3.
1: Oh, okay. So, since this was released in March, but yeah. we're watching it when it actually happened, yeah. he may have showed up. Yeah. And, obviously, he probably partied in Japan a little bit before then. Anyway. Oh, we
0: definitely partied in Japan. Yeah. What was his name
2: there? Pegasus Kid. Pegasus, your... Pegasus Kid, kid yeah, yeah. yeah. And what
1: was Jer- Jericho's... Had a...
0: Jericho Had was, a mask and... Um, I can't remember. It's all good. I know Eddie was Black Tiger.
1: Yeah, Eddie's Black Tiger, Pegasus Kid, and... Uh...
0: Corazon de Leon, Lionheart, Lion Dew, Super, Super Liger, I think is. I think
1: it is Super Liger.
0: Yeah, it was Super, Liger. Super Liger. But was he...
1: I guess it would have been really undercard because it's not even on his Wikipedia. So it's like independent oh, Circuit's yeah. in 91, and then like some Lucha stuff, and then Smokey Mountain it's, in 94. back
0: when he was the Thrill Seekers. Chris Jericho and Lance Storm. I love some Thrill Seekers. Canadian party. Out on the floor, the Stinger hits a body slam, a oh, rubber right, band slam on the guardrail before rolling him back into the ring. Is it a rubber, rubber band, band slam, slam on the guardrail? ceiling? It's
1: like, ooh, it sounds like a crime is what it is. <laughs>
0: Sting goes up to the top, <laughs> coming off with a crossbody, but Hase was too far away, so he went straight into Hiroshi's knees, <laughs> that looked painful. and both men are down. Mmm, they do it different in Japan, Stang. Hase's up first, going to town with chops in the corner, but the stinger begins to fire up, hitting a back elbow and multiple face crushers for a two count.
1: Sting's feeling the spirit. He's in Japan, It's full of sushi and sake, maybe hit
0: Rivera. he's got the jacket, just give him the spirit. Sting goes for a Canadian backbreaker, only for Hiroshi to worm his way out, taking the Stinger over with a back body drop. But Sting bridges out, but Hase reverses it to try for a backslide pin. But the Stinger kicks off the ropes, runs to the corner, and jumps off backwards to take down Hiroshi for a near fall.
1: He does the crawl up, the crawl up flip out. When you yeah,
2: it's like almost total Jeff Hardy. Throwing himself backwards, or coffin drop, yeah.
0: type move. A bridging German suplex by Sting <sighs> for a two count. Goes for a lariat, but Hase ducks and reverses it into an O'Connor roll for a near fall. The Stinger comes back with a lariat, goes for a second one, but Hiroshi catches him, looking for another Uranagi, but Sting reverses it into a jumping DDT. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh! Sting then with a body slam. Goes up top to hit a diving splash for the pin and, and the win.
1: And we don't get to say and new, but it's the last match. This could not have been truly the last match on the show. And that's no, the last it, was, it, was, it was a
0: mid-card match. <laughs> yeah, first. yeah.
1: Uh, great match. I mean oh, I mean incredible yeah, match. It was a great match. Yeah.
0: So Eric Bischoff thanks everyone for joining before saying his goodbyes. And I ask you gentlemen. What are your overall thoughts of WCW New Japan Super Show 3? The Rocks. Yes.
1: I mean, you know, it. nothing sucks. It's all good, and it's also shorter. It's like, oh, well, the WCW cut some stuff out. Not that those other things weren't potentially better, but any show that you can give to me in two hours that doesn't have any, like, truly bad matches on it is great oh, yeah. most wrestling pay-per-views are too long
2: i mean to today's standards you've got almost two hours that gives you maybe three matches if yeah. you're lucky
1: you can't complain about this kind of this quality of wrestling in this amount of time it's I mean, just no, like it's no. impossible no, we've absolutely got
2: no. six matches here and it's at the point right now where... they're all
1: worth a, they're all worth watching most of them are worth like a true rewatch and some of them it's like well i was if i'm gonna throw the show on i'm not gonna skip it I'd even be- hallman Rhodes, or and not Rhodes and simmons not that it's better than
0: death and simmons we just I mean, watched i literally i kept trying to think of what to say about the show and i just kept coming back to the word consistent
1: yeah mm-hmm. this is wrestling like, this is what wrestling
0: can be. Obviously, the highs are Ultimo and... Liger. Liger. Mudo. Muto Chono. You know. And the lows are Hallme and Simmons, which was still a was fine still a match. match.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was still one of the best cute. Simmons matches we've seen.
0: It, I would definitely say it's one of the best Simmons matches we've seen. Yeah, and,
1: uh, like, and it's probably the least good match like the six man is so entertaining that but it's also like there's no real stakes so but it's yeah. so it's so entertaining that i don't know that i would put it below the home May- <laughs> i mean i Simmons think the match. only thing that
0: anyone could ever complain about this show is that there are some botches at places yeah but that's in, including you know including someone being knocked out yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah so i mean there are, But that adds to the reality of the
2: show. It it's, does. I mean,
1: of course, we don't want anybody to get hurt, but, you know, the the botches. But, like, getting knocked out, I've heard Sean Waltman talk about there was a spot that he used to take all the time, and he just knew every time that he had that match, that was the spot where he got knocked out, and it was just no big deal. He's like, oh, that's just what happened. Like, you know, it was just like the spot where it took me a second to come to. He's like, in hindsight, that's probably why I can't speak words very well. But, you know like he's not the only guy that did that <laughs> you know what i mean
0: so Shane did you have anything else to add on, on uh, robots? I mean you were just kind of agreeing with everyone else so. i mean yeah i uh, it's hard being my, my hard first not
2: to. super show to watch and discuss i mean i've told you before i sat down to to talk about it that yeah, it kicked off so strongly that I had to put my pen and, and paper, paper aside and just watch because sometimes I, was I wish I was, I was better, better at that.
1: I feel bad if I don't take notes.
2: Yeah, like, oh, I, what am I doing here? I didn't have a lot to contribute as far as dialogue during the show, but it's like if you
1: can soak it in,
2: yeah, it it was that good that I had to just stop myself from distracting myself and just watch and let it all soak in. Because I mean, the that's when wrestling is the best. The fucking liger dragon match, amazing. The Muda and Chono match, incredible. Yeah, uh, I'd watch this show again.
1: The question is: Is that the best muda Chono, or is it not the best because we didn't get the whole match?
2: That's a hard call. I feel like it could have. I feel
1: like it
0: it was potentially the best. I didn't, but I I don't know that I can call it the best. I like the G One climax match better. Yeah, but if we we had... had the edited out stuff. I feel like this match would have been... Yeah, it would have been see, the culmination. I, I didn't even I notice. I think I might really. have liked that match better than Ultimo and Liger if the uh, stuff had been in the match.
1: If they would have just returned the, to the kick spot, like, yeah. it would have made everything else... would have heightened everything. Absolutely. And I was already, like, super high on all of it.
2: And see, I didn't notice... I mean, yeah, there was some some editing stuff, but I honestly didn't even really pay attention to it until the one that was obvious. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I didn't notice it until I mean, that mean, literally, one the, and That's I was like, the only reason I yeah. even
0: realized it was edited because like it was just obvious, like Chono hits a Chono hits a move and then all of a sudden uh Muda's jumping up to the top rope to hit a moonsault, and I'm just like This is not the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That that's a horrible no cell if that's what we're doing. <laughs> no, I mean, the, yeah, if
2: I don't do don't do me like that. The adrenaline is, rush that, that what match is, gave oh, me, I forgive them for what the What is this? A Seth Rollins match? <laughs>
0: Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're there. All right, fuck you. I think it's time we smart it up. So, what are some of the best moments? Jumping over the guardrail and onto sick. the tables. Yeah, that was. <laughs> they had a couple spots. In that match. Holy <laughs> shit!
2: They, oh, had, they had a couple spots in that match where they went over the the railing and yeah. There
1: was, was a close. bunch of flashy flashy shit in that six man that I can't even, like, process because there was so much. I
0: mean, we talked about it just a minute ago, yeah. but, like, literally the dude hits a superplex, a tombstone piledriver, and then... A falling headbutt, I believe. And then a yeah. falling, diving headbutt. Yeah. And it's only a two count. It's just like, that should be a finishing move for most... in most matches. Yeah.
1: Granted, as time's gone on, people can take more, but I get upset when it's like if you don't, if both guys aren't selling a superplex, was it a superplex? I don't think that it was. And that's when I like get annoyed where it's like, oh, you're not telling a story. Everybody's just getting their shit in, which is why I like Japanese wrestling, specifically like this style of the, you know, King's Road, whatever you call it. There's different, there's all these different like, names they give like this style yeah. of Japanese wrestling but it's like if you DDT somebody you DDT somebody like it, it means something and uh, even now in 2020 a DDT doesn't mean as much but you know two DDTs probably put you away but at this point in Japanese wrestling a finisher, most finishers it takes two to put the guy away yeah. so it's like, uh, like I can see it's like they kind of had to evolved with the times, but at the same time, you're not, you know, superplexing somebody and then immediately getting up to Falcon Arrow or whatever that was that Scott... I I immediately thought of Seth Rollins because of what what Seth Rollins did to Bray Mysterio's kid, because I did watch that movie. But he, like... Did a superplex, no, sold it, and then like picked the kid up for whatever his fucking special is, and I was oh, like, yeah. "That's you needed
2: to do that too." <laughs> like, and I was like, "That's part like, of his regular." I know move set now. It's just, it used yeah. to be a, a special thing that was brought out, but yeah, I don't want to talk. I about need my. Almost.
1: I need my. I know. I don't either. But it was just like the example <laughs> that, that for I. It was the yeah. example that I had in my head. It's just like I just need the stuff to to mean stuff, yeah. and it, sometimes it's a little much. Like in your six man tag. But obviously, the people that did that were not the new Japan side;
2: they were the other side. They're trying to get over. They're the smaller Excellent. company.
0: Anything else for me?
2: I mean, I could go on and on and on about almost every single match on here. So, I just, mean, just watch the damn thing.
0: Yeah,
1: agreed. Yeah, do you like <laughs> what? Do you have a stone cold favorite, or is it a tie, or is it a triple
0: threat? No, the Ultimo Liger match because yeah. it's it's on the short list, so. It's definitely yeah.
1: my favorite. The mood of Chono could have
0: trumped yeah, I mean, it with the five but, minutes. With the five minutes back in and it's then like my
1: favorite. this Sting hase one of the best Sting matches that hasn't been a Ric Flair match. Yeah. Or I mean I'm high, I'm still high on that
2: Vader match, but
0: I mean I think his chemistry with Vader is great, don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. Maybe that's
2: what it is. It's all chemistry. He has, has. great chemistry with this with, with Hase. Hase reminds me of Eddie Guerrero. Sting had great chemistry with Ric Flair. Also, Eddie Guerrero did too. It's just, it's coming full circle yeah. before the some,
1: circle yeah, even starts. Some people click, and some people are in it to service the match and not themselves.
0: How about most disappointing?
1: I guess after in hindsight, and only in hindsight, they a, a spot that you just named that would have blown that match potentially through the roof for me was missing and cut from the show.
2: Yeah. You talking the Steiner. Like right? I would have liked to
1: no the uh, no, the, the 5, minutes, the five minutes. Just the 5 minutes. Yeah. I
2: would say the disappointing thing for me was the Steiner and the Hillraisers because yeah. I would have liked to have watched Hawk.
0: We could have watched it. But I'm going to tell you right now it ends in a double countout. Yeah. So it's kind of a lame finish, so I was just like, I don't know. Yeah. But to- like yeah. Dumb.
1: There's no no nothing yeah. really low like I kind of want to go back and watch like the Fujinami match cuz I'm not super familiar with them and it's like oh, okay well that's an important guy and then there's a Tenru Choshu match so there's no way I don't want to see that that was the I think the last you match I definitely could have
2: watched more matches from yeah, yeah. from the show I was happy with the the selection that we had here so. Yes, Yeah, it's definitely. It makes well,
1: what we what we watched made sense but as far as what we
0: watched
2: I'm not
1: disappointed in any of this. How could I be?
0: I mean I mentioned it basically right after the match ended probably the most disappointing moment for me is ending of the Rhodes-Norton-Hashimoto-Saito yeah. match because it's like Shinya like, yeah. hits the jumping DDT and then there's that whole like Norton, extra thing Norton breaking up the pin but then like he's literally standing in his corner while the pin happens right in front of him and it's just like, it's
1: like mm, that's not how tag team wrestling works like we're yeah. supposed to work it's not exactly- yeah it's like you, you broke the match the match was great and then you just kind of gave it a little bit of a sour ending exactly
0: how about best performer of the night?
1: That's tough. You can pick it out of a hat.
0: It's Liger for me. That's tough.
1: I'll go, I'll go Liger. Why not? I mean, like, what else? I could say Liger. I could say Hase. You could
2: I, say I, lots of people. Yeah, yeah. I'm torn, because, I mean, Liger was awesome. Dragon was awesome. You could say Mudo. Mudo was yeah. fucking great. Hase and his, I don't know, making me see Eddie Guerrero as he's wrestling... That was awesome.
1: <sighs> but, I mean, you know, Liger starts it off hot, and you're like, okay, well, we're here. Like, I'm so glad the show didn't start with Simmons Hallman. <laughs> not that it was bad, but it's just like, let's go. And yeah. it fucking goes.
2: Yeah, I can't pick a, I can't pick a favorite on that.
1: Yeah, Jerry's out. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's I mean, a I'm not...
0: going to give a shout-out to Bischoff for calling all those Japanese names. He, he Honestly, Bischoff was really energetic and did a pretty good job. He, he was. I agree. How about most surprising? Anything surprising on this show? I'm, i kind of They surprised. edited
2: out five minutes of a match that I wanted I wasn't to wasn't
0: sure I wasn't sure that <laughs> Sting
1: was going to win, but it was also, it's like, well, That's, it is, yeah. it is the, it is, it's in Japan, but it is a WCW, like they can't give over like their biggest guy
0: and have him lose. I was kind of surprised they unified the two belts, the NWA and oh, the yeah. WGP title, because I mean, spoiler alert they're not unified for a long, long time. No. Yeah. Because the NWA belt ends up back in WCW very soon.
1: Yeah, and as, as it should. Yeah. Like, you know, do, it's a big problem when you put two belts on somebody and one of them's not a tag title. Yeah. You know what I mean? If somebody has two singles titles, it's just kind of a problem. It's cool for a minute, but, like, who's – like, you can't either lose both of them and then they're stuck on somebody else or you have – Somebody, Nobody wants the lesser belt. Why would they even... What
0: exactly. does it matter?
1: You're the same champion. So it's like, well, how do we do this? Yeah. So it can be a, an issue for sure.
0: Making their way to the ring. It's trivia time, boys. What? And I know some of you out there are probably like, trivia time? Mm. Get out what sure. happened to the Dusty Fish? <sighs> well, we Got told you about it. For you. Get I to mean, the end of
1: the episode, guys. Come on.
0: We mentioned the last, over our I last know we ramble sometimes. clip show episodes, but just so you know as well, we're setting the dusty finish aside for for a little a bit. bit, and we're going to have a little fun, we're going to have a trivia competition between Michael and Shane, mm. with the loser having to sing a wrestler theme song. Of the winner's choosing. Of the winner's choosing, exactly. <sighs> so, each week, we'll have a question, there will be a points assigned to each question, and sometimes both of you can score points. Sometimes only one of you can score a point. Sometimes it'll be worth a leaf. Sometimes it'll
2: be worth you know, three Dutch ovens. Oh, uh, uh, okay, <laughs> all right.
0: So this week the category is the numbers game. The numbers game. Uh-huh. What I see. This week I'm going to ask you to write your answer down. On a piece of paper, so you can't cheat, basically, off of each other. Okay. This week, only one person will score points. Oh my gosh. And it's worth five points. Five points. And we're going to use Price is Right rules on this question. So, closest to the number without going over. If both of you go over, then it's whoever's closest.
1: You know what I think about when I think about the Price is Right?
0: Getting That's my wrong. teeth,
1: my no. Getting my teeth cleaned. <laughs> Every time I went to the dentist as a kid, it was, seemed like The Price is Right was on the television in the corner. Yeah. They're just like listening to The Price is Right while they're <laughs> cleaning my teeth.
0: So the question this week: How many wrestlers have we covered between 1983 to 1992? 1983 to 1992. Yeah. Just in general. In general, n- not including Dusty. Finn, just. Who has had that a match. match? Yeah. Oh shit. And let me preface that with: if a wrestler has used multiple gimmicks, it's still the same guy, they still just count as one person.
1: Oh, uh, this is tough. Dang. I have my number already, though. I don't know how right it's going to be. Um... I guess that's the game. We're just writing them down now,
0: right? I'm go- Yeah. Okay. I'm giving you hint here. Is there were eighty episodes?
2: Yeah a lot of the same people are on those episodes that's true <laughs> mm-hmm. I got my guess it's I'm in. gonna I'm go in. for
0: well we're writing it down and then writing it down and whenever you both have it I'll just ask you okay. for your number alright so that way you can't Shane let me know when you're so locked in you can't in. give me a number yeah. and then he gives I'm me a, locked in yeah. a, a you said multiple
2: characters count as one person individually or one person just one person alright oh, super invader <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's do alright Shane, what is your number? It's probably wrong and over, but
2: I don't care because I like the number 54.
0: Oh. 54 wrestlers covered between 1983 and 1992. Michael, your number is? 78. 78.
1: It's a big number. It's a two numbers less than the shows we've covered. But Sam Houston, he
0: counts. The winner of this week's five points is Michael, as the number is three hundred and forty-eight. What? Yeah. What do you mean?
1: How? Three hundred and forty-eight individual wrestlers. I see the book. (laughs) There was (laughs)
0: six a six-man tag match. Oh my god! Yeah. On this episode alone,
1: we've only seen one of those guys one time before.
2: Hey, I've only talked about. Ten months worth, so Well We've I talked mean, about fifty four in that
0: time. Yeah. You can we can <laughs> we can
1: fist bump for uh, like solidarity and we'll call that hard one we a are. practice round. Yeah. Jimmy Valiant. Michael, we saw yeah, more than Michael's, once.
0: Michael's off to a hot start with the <laughs> seventy eight. <points. laughs> He's got the five points for this week.
1: Oh, that's so we we're only doing one question. Only one question. Hell yeah. Each yeah. week. Hell yeah. One. one question. All right. It makes good. sense. If there was more questions. Like this was a pretty long segment.
0: There might be a bonus question every once in
1: a while. Yeah, yeah.
2: For
0: the most part, mm-hmm. just one
1: question. All right. Three hundred and what? Three hundred and forty-eight. Forty-eight. I, I was. Ve- we were both very off. Yeah. I would say that I'm equally as off as you are, and my number was like. Twenty people more. I, I was
0: totally expecting mm. one of you at least to go over hundred.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, well, in my brain originally, that's all I was thinking was it has to do with the dusty finish, nineteen eighty three to nineteen ninety
0: two. It's okay. This is our practice. It's all fun. It's all good. It's all that's fun right. and games. It's only
2: five points. If it's I gotta only, sing, it's only having to sing. If I gotta oh, sing yeah. Nikki Bella's theme song, whatever. I don't uh-huh. care. I don't even know how it goes, so I probably
0: you can wouldn't look, pick but it. But you can't touch. Uh-huh. Next week, a little show called Raw mm. starts off.
1: So it was the first Raw before the first Nitro? Yes, yes. a oh. couple years before. I was trying to go to the Mall of America, damn.
0: Nitro's not for until 96. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. going really? to be a while before. Oh, we these are like the, the house
1: tape Raws. like Manhattan Center. That's right. Mm. Well, it sounds fun. So if
0: you want to follow along with us, the first episode of Raw is from January 11th, 1993. You can find that out up there on the network. Mm-hmm. But the music from this week's show is the theme song from the Super Show and turbo If you like this episode or any of our other ones, please go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. You can always email us at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com. Send us any questions, comments, concerns, recipes. We're in New York next week. So if you have anything that you want to throw out there to us. Box a New cream York... cheese
1: capers on a bagel. Mm. that sounds delicious <laughs> sorry that's what I like. that's the only thing I'm interested in food wise whenever I go to New York City
0: or you can always hit us up on our twitter at Wrestling x. that's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X we'll talk to you next week I'll see you later,
2: later.